Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego, and this is the Yes, We Are Open podcast. Today, I'm in Burnaby, BC, located between Vancouver and Coquitlam. Burnaby is the third largest city in BC behind Vancouver and Surrey, with a population of approximately 250,000. It's also one of 21 municipalities that make up Metro Vancouver. Burnaby is known for its beautiful natural surrounding and diverse culture. Named after Burnaby Lake, it boasts one of the highest open space to resident ratios in North America, with 25% of its land designated to parks and open spaces. And as far as cultural diversity is concerned, roughly 45% of Burnaby residents have a primary language that is neither English or French. This makes Burnaby a sought-after place to live, work, and play. Burnaby is also home to two of BC's largest post-secondary institutions, Simon Fraser University and the British Columbia Institute of Technology. This afternoon, I'm headed southeast on Kingsway, turn south on Burlington Avenue, and enter a quaint little tree-lined courtyard plaza, which is the location of today's story, Meraki Beauty Bar. As I enter the store, I'm greeted warmly by staff and by Michelle Tran. Meraki Beauty Bar features a welcoming two-story open space with lots of windows. Michelle leads me into what looks like a nail salon room to conduct our interview. Hey, my name is Michelle Tran. I am a permanent makeup artist and owner of MerakiBeautyBar.ca. So, Michelle, let's talk about uh, the origin of Meraki Beauty Bar. When did it open? It opened in 2017, I'd say. Yep. I started back in 2016 and I did it as a side job. Oh, okay. I was working a entry-level job in a mortgage firm. That was my last job before I did this. Okay. And my girlfriend at the time, she got her brows done and she sat at my cubicle and she's like, do you know, notice anything different? And she's like, I was like, looking, looking, I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what's, what's different. And uh, first thing she said was, you know, I got my brows done. I'm like, wow, it looks so natural. I had no idea you got them done. And she's like, I see so much potential. I think you can definitely do this as a job. Uh-huh. I'm like, what? I've never thought of eyebrows as a, like making me money as a living. So um, what I did was did a little bit of research, but she ch- kept trying to convince me. I'm like, no, no, I can't do that. Uh-huh. A week later, Shannon convinced me. She's like, it's just extra money anyways. And um, I ended up signing up for the course. It took me about a week to finish. I was so scared to tattoo anybody's face. I, I imagine. Could you imagine? Like, your eyebrows are really full. Well, but, yeah, you know, I keep looking at them. They look so good. I'm Portuguese. Ah, uh-uh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I borrowed the money from my parents telling them, you know, just letting you know, um, this is a side job. I'm making more money. I'm going to try to make more money from this. My mom's like, I'm not going to say no to you making more money. Right. But my dad's like, are you sure you want to do this? Because, you know, traditional Asians, like especially immigrant parents are like, you know, finance, either you're a finance, a lawyer or a doctor, you know, right. something along those lines yeah. to become successful. Mm-hmm. Beauty, uh, that's not that's not the way to go he ended up saying fine since you're doing this on the side anyways and when i started my main motivation was really to pay back my parents so i was like i need to get good i need to get really good at this so that i can pay them back um i ended up getting booked up 
three months in advance. Wow. And that's when I felt comfortable and secure enough to not have that passive income mm. coming in all the time. So I told my dad, I think I'm going to quit. Yeah, I'm going to quit my job. And he's like, you have such a good, you have good benefits there. Why are you doing this? I'm like, I have a good relationship with him. I'm pretty sure this will be okay. Um, if anything, it, it goes wrong, I'll, 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 I'll come back. Yeah. I'll come back. And um, as soon as I quit, I told myself, I'm not coming back. I can't. <laughs> my pride is just too high. <laughs> You know, I rented a room just as big as this one. It was a spa. And um, I was doing that for about a year and a half. And one thing I noticed with my clients is they were always asking if I knew a good lash extension artist, right? And I'm like, huh, there might be a good market for that. So I ended up convincing my sister to do it. <laughs> I ended up convincing her to quit her job. And love that. You know, they hated me at that time. <laughs> Thankfully, I proved them wrong. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this position right now. My name is Jenny Tran. I do eyelash extensions here, and I'm an educator as well. And you're Michelle's sister. And I'm Michelle's sister. She was working at BMW. Wow. It was a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, she ended up quitting her job. The room next to me became vacant because the other person renting left. So her and her friend decided to, you know, split the rent and do lashes there. So we were kind of tag teaming. My client would get their brows done, go next door and get their lashes done. And then, you know, good to go. So we were doing that for about six months. I'm like, okay, this is getting ridiculous because we were actually getting busier than the spa itself. That's when I decided that maybe we should expand and open up our own shop. The shop that we opened up was 800 square feet. It was five minutes away from here. Three people turned to 11. And then I was like, okay, it's getting really packed in here. Uh, We were doing lashes most of the time. It was the main like breadwinner. Um, I was doing brows by myself and it was still a small room inside the shop. And then I decided it was getting too crowded. So the space that we um, originally took over is about 1,700 square feet. Mm -hmm. There's two floors. Um, What really attracted me most about this place was how high the ceilings were. Okay. It's a very big open space. Originally, when we um, did take over this space, there was many rooms. I took them all out. Right. I really wanted that big, open, welcoming. I really like it that people can see the services that are happening. Okay, how big was the team when you first started? When I first started and I opened the first shop, it was three people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it turned to 11. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we were at 21. Wow. Did you go back to mom and dad and say, hey, look, I've got 21 employees? I have never said it. <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> But, you know, Asian parents, they don't really say, I'm proud of you. You can tell Mm -hmm. because they don't say anything um, or they're here to support you. So when I first opened this place, um, traditional Chinese um, parents, they have this big roasted pork in the front. They did the incense and they had like red on. Yeah. Yeah. They did the red envelopes in every corner. And this place has a lot of corners. So, yeah, it was really fun. (laughs) 
Uh, my name is Felicia Casanova, and I am the store manager as well as a lash technician here. I joined in 2017, and I actually started with them just from day one. They were both Jenny and Michelle working at FloatSense at the time, yeah. and I was a client of both of theirs. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of realized I needed something different in my life. And Jenny offered to teach me, and she was holding classes at the time, and that was it, really. I started, and they said, "Hey, you know, we'd love for you to work with us. You've got a decent personality sometimes." <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I've been with them since 2017, so five, almost five years. My name is Aiko Mollard, and I am a powder ombre tattoo artist. And I also do the marketing, like the Instagram for Meraki. I started in late 2019. Um, I took the course here originally and then uh, Michelle asked if I want to work here. So you're a former client yes. who then took the course here and you're now working here. That's, exactly. that's amazing. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it doesn't feel like work and the girls here are amazing. It's like coming home to family. Like right. we all get along and we all support each other. A sense of pattern here of people who are clients and become uh, employees. Yeah, they trapped us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they caught us. Yeah. They reeled us in. Almost all the girls that work here, mm-hmm. they were actually our clients before. I'm so proud of saying that Mm -hmm. is because we find that we get along with them really well and they wanted a change and we were able to support them on that, which is why I found that, you know, my sister and I, when we transitioned to becoming educators, it was really easy because we were giving that support to the girls that work here as well. So... Where does the name come from? Meraki. So Meraki, if you hear it, it definitely sounds Japanese. I thought it was Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually Greek. Oh, okay. And if you look, there's actually the same. Can you see it over there? Yeah. So it says, Meraki really means to do something with soul, creativity, or love, and to put something of yourself into your work. Brilliant. How did I find that? You would say, mm-hmm. I just went on Google and I wrote pretty words. I'm not even joking you out. <laughs> I'm so realistic and I was like oh my gosh this word is really nice it has the word M my name is Michelle but it's still what it's what it really means that's what really spoke to me and And you know what it's a beautiful name so no one needs to know although you put it in big letters on your wall anyway exactly (laughs) up next After a series of shrewd decisions and moves, Michelle Tran took her interest in eyebrow shaping and tattoo from idea to supplemental income to a full-blown successful business, and she took her sister Jenny with her, much to her parents' concern. But they were about to face their biggest challenge that would force them to close their doors for months. How did they fare? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. Michelle Tran and her sister Jenny built a thriving business around offering beauty treatments such as eyebrow shaping and tattoos, lash extensions, nails, lip blush, and body tattoo. Business was growing, as was their team. It seemed there was no end to the possibilities for Meraki Beauty Bar. But then, well, you know. If I were to ask you of like a moment or an event that happened that maybe put your business in jeopardy or or that, you know, made you think, oh my goodness, we may have to close the doors. What would that be? You know, it's so funny because I did speak to you over the phone about this topic and I was like, oh, everyone's going to talk about COVID. Um, I don't want to be that person. But you know what? 
COVID was really the only thing that almost shut us down. Right. Luckily for us, especially mm-hmm. uh, in Vancouver, the lockdown only happened once. Right. Yeah, you got lucky because we were many, so uh, lucky. Other places, there was multiple multiple times. I'm a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I work all the time, and that's the only thing I know to do. When they shut us down, I was like, "Oh, it's probably going to be for a week." Right. Probably going to be for two weeks. The second month came by, and I was like, "Am I ever going to go back to work?" I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. After the third month, and I could see the light to the end of that tunnel. I was like, if this were, was going to happen again, I think I'm probably going to close the shop. Right. And it wasn't financially draining; it was emotionally draining for me as well. I just didn't know what was going to happen. I wasn't sure. Like, should I sell everything? Should I close? Right. Some people were asking us to pay us double, triple the price to come to their house to get it done right. during the lockdown. Did you do any of that? No, nope. no, no. We can't. Oh, okay. I was for the safety of. Sure. Of the staff were like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, what if you had something, right? So that's why we didn't do it. But trust me, I really wanted to. We had products that we were selling, and that was the one thing that was kind of keeping us afloat for a little bit. I was like, oh, we just got started, and I was pretty new here, and like clients were starting to get to know me. The girls were starting to get to know me, um, but. It's okay. We came back strong. So yeah. uh, it was really hard. At, initially, uh, you know, it started with, hey, we're going to close for a week or two. And I thought, okay, sure. No problem. It's nice to have a little break because I was working, you know, full time since I was 16. Classic story. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. And as it started to extend and turn into two months, I started going a little crazy because for someone who has worked or been in school for so long, it's, it's weird not to do anything, you know. To be quite honest with you, I felt kind of relieved. Yeah. I think during that time, we spent so like a couple of years trying to build the brand and everything. Um, lots of pressure, lots of like I was starting to feel a little burnt out with everything. Right. So I felt like the pandemic did give me a sense of relief in a sense where it gave me a little bit of a break. But it also did it gave me a lot of pressure because I felt like during that time it was definitely struggling for the business like we didn't know where it was headed how long it was going to be closed for uh what we were doing to like stay afloat and just the little things like that and like focusing a lot on mental health and you know obviously this was something that was built from the ground up and if the doors were closed for a long periods of time it might not have made it through the pandemic but super grateful that you know through everything our clients came and supported us the minute the doors open Mm -hmm. but definitely it was a bit of a struggle for two months but um, I think it was a good reset for everyone talk about that time that you were shut down what were you doing with your time so we were selling product but that was maybe the second month in because i wasn't sure at that point so i really wasn't doing anything i was i was going through all the trends that was happening you know making banana bread (laughs) do you know what i mean at one point i had so much anxiety and so much pent-up energy 
I lived on the 52nd floor. I was running up and down the fire exit stairs for exercise because I was like, I don't know what to do. Uh, reading books, you know, I did everything. I played Animal Crossing. That was a huge thing. I cooked a lot. I learned a lot how to cook. I walked a lot. Um, at that time, I was living downtown, so I walked everywhere. Um, cooked, went to Michelle's house. We played Animal Crossing. Me and Michelle played a lot of Animal Crossing. Yeah, so. Uh, I actually worked another job. So okay. I worked at a clinic, a mm-hmm. pediatric clinic, and I worked as an MOA there. Okay, so you kept busy? Yeah, definitely. I drank a lot of scotch. <laughs> a lot. I, I'm not joking. I, I mean, I love scotch and whiskeys and sure. stuff like that. So it was a lot. It was, it was a, maybe a mild problem. Oh, but I, I don't I, mean to laugh. I just, I love how yeah. freely you came out with that. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> what else could, it, two months of isolation and I can do anything. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. As the lockdown is about to lift, what kind of measures were you taking, you know, here on mm-hmm. your premises to make sure you were ready? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sitting here right now. There's a piece of plastic separating yeah. you and me uh, in this room. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this wasn't here before the pandemic. No, no, it wasn't. We were really doing every single thing that CDC was requiring us right. to do. You know, health regulations required us to get the client to wash their hands and all that. We were definitely going through PP a lot. Sure. first two, three weeks, we weren't sure what was happening and the lockdown was happening. Um, I actually donated most of my stuff to the hospital because we had a lot of the stuff because prior to COVID, we were using it to sanitize our stuff and that was like hospital grade. So we donated everything. And by the time we came back from that, the prices of PPE were triple. Something like Cavicide, it's to sanitize, you know, furniture and tables and stuff. That was like $20. $20. By the time we came out of lockdown and we were purchasing it, it was $80 for one piece. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? But you got to do what you got to do, right? The priority of all of this is the clients and our staff. Did you have to lay anybody off? No, thankfully I didn't. Because we kind of were all going through it together. Thankfully, we had um, the government giving us assistance but yeah when they all came back there were some people that decided that maybe this isn't really what i want to do which was totally okay honestly covid was kind of a blessing in disguise because it really opened up to what they want in their future and also at the same time my work life balance so i find that i was actually a high function and anxiety person where i'd be like working all the time now i find that i'm more balanced you know, I take a week off every month just to make sure that mentally I'm I'm okay. Good. You're paying more attention to yourself. Definitely. That's good. As a payment processor, was there anything that Moneris did to help you through this? There isn't ap- during the lockdown, mm-hmm. but afterwards, mm-hmm. it was like a lifesaver. Yeah. Carmen, I want to mention her name. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. She was a rep for us and everything I needed, she was there. She even told us, you know, your machine could be upgraded. Mm-hmm. Let me do that for you. I didn't even have to ask her. Right. That's like the best part about Moneris. I find that, you know, it's easy. I've never had any issues with them. I had a previous uh, payment system before and I had so many issues with that. And I find that this is so easy. The best part about Moneris is that I don't have to deal with it. I think that's the best part because there's so many other things that we have to deal with as an owner, right? Yeah.
coming up after the break, we find out what the future holds for Meraki Beauty Bar. This podcast is brought to you by Moneris. Today has shown us tomorrow has changed. Changed how we'll live, work, and do business. Because now we're more open to what's possible. Open to contactless payments, online bookings, curbside pickups, and more. Open your business to more opportunity with solutions to help you succeed online, in-store, or on the go. To talk to one of our business advisors, call one 866 or visit Moneris.com today. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. With the worst of the pandemic behind them, Michelle Tran and her team at Meraki Beauty Bar have adapted brilliantly to their new normal and have a renewed energy. They seem poised to return their sights to growth and the future of the business. So what does that future look like for Meraki Beauty Bar? We'll find out next. You were lucky that you only had to endure one lockdown, but you know things are starting to lift here. Restrictions are starting to lift all across the country. Sounds like business is doing well. What does the future look like for Meraki Beauty Bar? So... For the future, Market Beauty Bar can go in many different ways. Um, obviously, we are looking to expand. Mm-hmm. That's one of them, whether it be in Vancouver or internationally. Mm-hmm. I do have some investors that are interested, actually, in expanding in Asia. Mm-hmm. That was the plan before COVID. Right before COVID, I was actually in Indonesia doing work and seeing how um, the clients were accepting the way we do permanent makeup. Because, you know, Asia and the way Asia, the way Europe, the way North America does style is different, right? And it worked really well because even to this day, they're asking, you know, when is Michelle coming back? So I'm really looking forward to expanding to Asia if we could. Um, But... In the future, we are looking to expanding our education. Actually, Aiko um, and Felicia, they are both moving towards education as well. Okay. So they will become teachers for their niche. I see more stores, Meraki, in Vancouver, in all the tri-cities and everything. Uh, more services, growing our family more, growing the business with more like-minded women that are here to support each other. And uh, I know Michelle sees it going overseas and everything. So yeah, there's definitely big plans in the works for Meraki and hopefully we can get there. I want to be able to have the girls at the shop become educators if they wish to and provide the support as much as I did for them as well. So that these people that who are interested, they can potentially quit their job and do something that they love like I did. Everyone's back. Yep. They want it to be back, right? Yeah. And business is, is booming. And you're thinking about growth. You're thinking about expansion to Asia, which is amazing. Yeah. That sounds, sounds cool. Yeah. I don't uh, know how I'm going to do that, but I'll let you know when I figure that out. Yeah. It, but for now, like your more immediate uh, goals or, or vision for Meraki Beauty Bar, what does it look like? Focusing on the people that are here. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of owners, I find they're always trying to have more and more and more. I find that I need to make sure I'm focusing on the girls that are here Mm -hmm. because I need to appreciate the ones that stuck by me. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that they're taken care of. You know, as humans, we want to grow all the time. And I want to make sure that I'm there to support them. Mm -hmm. As an owner, I want to make sure that I'm there to support every single person that works under the brand. Mm -hmm. And if they're not growing, then I'm not really growing. So... Yes, I want more, but I need to take a step back and look at all the girls at the shop and make sure that they're taken care of, making sure that 
they are okay. I would like to stay here as long as I could. I mean, I love the girls here. I love what I do, all the people that come in. So I really don't see myself leaving anytime soon. I know that Meraki, we want to expand. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that would be really awesome to be part of that growth. And I'd love to start teaching yes. soon as well. I have so much faith in this uh, business and I would love to see it expand. The fact that we've been this successful within the first five years of being open while a pandemic yeah. happened, it's so amazing. And so I just know that it has such potential. If I were to ask your parents, uh, would they rather see you go back to the automotive industry or do they think you're accomplished now? Yeah. What, what, what do you think they would say? I think they would have thought that quitting our nine to five was the stupidest idea ever. But I think that over the years, we've really proven to them that nine to five doesn't mean everything. They've never even said to me once like, oh, you should get another job because they can see how much this industry is growing and how much potential there is in it for women to make money and like work and do the things they love and still be working full time. So I think my parents would definitely not tell me to go to nine to five. I think they would just tell me that, you know, this is it and you should be grinding. And as long as you're doing what you love, it's even better, right? Yeah. Do you think your parents would want you to go back to financial services? I should ask them. Let's see what they'll say. <laughs> it's so funny. I always ask them. I ask my, my dad, I'm like, oh, so aren't you happy that I decided to do this? And he just doesn't say anything. Okay. Yeah. But my mom, she's definitely a very quiet person. And for once, you know, she did say that she was very proud of me. And I was really emotional because... I've never heard her say that, so. So it's yeah. a big deal? It's a huge deal. I I'd trade that for anything, honestly. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you so much, Al. It was such a pleasure. So Michelle, tell me, are you open for business? Hell yeah, we're open. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> That's the story of Meraki Beauty Bar. Being opportunistic is a term with generally negative connotation, and as a result, you don't normally see it listed as a character trait of an entrepreneur. Instead, you see words like discipline, creativity, resourcefulness, self-motivation, etc. Every single one of those is true when it comes to Michelle Tran, but I feel like a big part of Michelle's story has to do with opportunism, but not in a negative way. When Michelle's friend went to her with the idea that she could make some extra money tattooing eyebrows, she seized that opportunity. When she found herself making more and more money doing eyebrows, she quit her job in finance and began doing it full time. When she saw the increasing need for eyelash extensions, she convinced her sister Jenny to quit her job and join her. When they outgrew their spaces at each turn, they continued to seize every opportunity to grow and adapt. That's being opportunistic at its core. What keeps it from going wrong is Michelle and her commitment to the values no doubt instilled in her by her parents, but also her insistence to share the opportunities with her sister and the other members of her staff who have stuck with them from the beginning. That's what makes Michelle a good entrepreneur, a good leader, and of course, a good daughter her parents could be proud of. I have no doubt that with Michelle at the helm, Meraki Beauty Bar will continue seizing every opportunity presented to them. Yes, We Are Open is a Monero's podcast production. 
I'd like to thank Aiko, Felicia, Jenny, and Michelle for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about Meraki Beauty Bar at merakibeautybar.ca. Follow them on Facebook, where they're at Meraki Beauty Bar. And on Instagram, they're at merakibeautybar.ca. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yeswearepen.com. If you'd like to support us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian business owner or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast.moneris.com. Tune in next week for another story of small business struggle and survival on the Yes, We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.